Lead one person to Jesus Christ. Pray for and really get to know them. Listen to their questions and doubts. Share your story and introduce them to Jesus. The rest is up to the Holy Spirit. So this morning, as you notice from your, my outline, anybody that doesn't have an outline, Daryl, or raise your hand. Sharon, where are you? Ushers, I think you all got one, at least to follow along with. Worship team, you have one there on the piano there, too. Over here, we need some. Daryl, raise your hand if you don't have an outline. So, I'm going to give you some just practical tools and how to share your story. Uh, just curious, how many of you have ever stood up in front of a group of people and told your faith story? Raise your hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Quite a few in the back there. My future pre preachers. <laughs> so I got your name, Brad. So anyway, this is something that most of us have not done publicly, and that is to give a witness of our faith, uh, and uh, in a in front of others in a, kind of an organized way where we tell our story. However, informally we t can tell our story every day, but the outline I give you. Uh, that is with people that we meet at work. And uh, the outline I give you today is based on, in part, from some notes of, from the School of Ministry, which we are starting at Grace October 8th on a Monday night. There's actually an orientation retreat on the 6th in October. And this is a school, about eight months, in which you will receive training in leadership, in pastoral skills, in how to pray, and uh, also it will become a community for eight months. These will be like a small group or small groups that you'll be with and you'll experience ministry with one another, uh, worship, pray, and study. And Pastor Chris and I will be teaching. This is uh, also Mike Bradley and others from Minnesota will be out to help us uh, in our classes. And so I encourage you to pray about that. This is, the, I think, will be the most important leadership training you will receive in your life could be as a leader and as a Christian, a disciple of Jesus. You know that you did sign up not just to go to heaven when you became a Christian. <laughs> you signed up, we signed up to be the disciples of Jesus. That is, he's the teacher, that means we're the students. The word disciple in Greek, mathetes, actually means learner. And we believe in lifelong learning. But we've not had an intentionality, an intentionality that we say, well, I, this is who I am. Who are you today? And you could say, this is my identity. I am a disciple of Jesus. Let's try saying that. I am a disciple of Jesus. That means being a student. I'm an apprentice. I'm a follower. I have decided to follow Jesus. And if you ask me what I wrote on my Facebook for my religious profession, I put there an apprentice of Jesus. Now, unfortunately, this guy in Norway who killed all these teenagers also was on Facebook, and he put as a profession, I'm a conservative Christian. And, of course, it didn't bode well at all in the Christian community in Norway because he stands for things that Jesus never stood for. But we can, with confidence, affirm our identity today that I'm learning with Jesus how to live my life as he would live my life if he were walking in my shoes. Now this is not about trying harder or doing more or earning any love from God. It's about becoming the kind of person on the inside 
that easily and happily and spontaneously obeys the Ten Commandments. That's what Chris has been preaching about. So he's got a sermon ready next Sunday. Guy's got it made. I don't know what he'd do. Anyway, so we will have that sermon next week. But it's been a delightful time of learning the Big Ten, I call them. These are my ten best friends. Because I love to obey the law. I just love to do what Jesus did and, and commanded. And part of the command of the scripture, the major one in the Bible that Jesus gave us all, is to go and make disciples of all ethnic groups, teaching them to observe, that is to keep, to to obey everything I've commanded them to do. And, and then baptize them into the reality of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, into the name of the Father, of the Son, and Holy Spirit. And, um, and lo, I'll be with you all, always, like he's here today. So today I want to, part of that journey that we have in our faith adventure is learning how to talk about my faith. Now some of you grew up in the Lutheran church and we really didn't talk about one, we didn't talk about Holy Spirit. And personally, we didn't talk about Jesus. You still go into church today and just to say, well, this is what Jesus is doing in my life. What's he doing in your life today? And that kind of conversational experience that we have with Jesus is meant to be a part of our, our everyday conversation. How, is the, how are you living in the kingdom? And how is Jesus alive? Who, who's the Holy Spirit for you and how, what's he doing? So I've given you some notes on how you can tell, uh, some things you can share and identify that would be helpful to share in telling your faith story. First of all, faith I list in that first bullet point is confidence. Now faith I think has been drained of its meaning. We use that quite often, so I like to use a word that helps to make it fresh. To have faith in Jesus is to put my confidence in Jesus. And so that means not acting on the basis of my feelings, Feelings are important, although I think we worship them. I act on the basis of my confidence in Jesus. So I think one of the reasons we sin is we we're, we're figure we're going to miss out on something if I don't get to do this. If I don't get my way, I'm going to miss out on something. Or if I don't have my feelings satisfied, I'm going to miss out. And so my confidence is not based on acting on my feelings, but on confidence in Jesus and that he truly is my shepherd. He's going to take care of me. And I also believe that part of that invitation uh, in our relationship with Jesus, which needs to be a part of our faith story, is not just when you said yes to Jesus, I want him in my life. It's, it's, a part, it's, a, it's also to identify when was that moment in time, period of your life, when you said, I am a disciple of Jesus. That's my identity. I have decided that I will live my life as Jesus would live my life if he were walking in my shoes. I'm going to be the kind of person on the inside that loves just like Jesus without even thinking about it. So I can obey the Ten Commandments without even planning on it. Spontaneously, I can obey Jesus. And that's meaning for me what it means to be a disciple. We're apprentices. We, we learn with Jesus. We spend time with Jesus. I, I haven't stopped and breathed ever yet. I've got to take a breath here. <laughs> I, I like this stuff I'm teaching, so I'm having fun. Um, I just, I, I, this is so fresh for me, just to, to, the, to have this discovery that Jesus actually can enable me, the kingdom is available for me, to be like him. And I don't have to lie. 
to protect my reputation. I can live my life free from lying. And I'm aware that a lot of times I exaggerate the truth because I'm afraid of what you'll think about me if, if, I don't, if I don't look good. Oh, so uh, I go and look at what, why do I lie? And say things uh, to, to impress people. Well, it's because I'm putting my confidence in, 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 in myself and not in, in Jesus. But it is important to say and make a decision, I will follow Jesus. And then I mentioned that faith is this readiness to act if this is true. You, you know, we say, I believe this. Well, am I ready to act as if it's true? And so is it tr it's true that God is? What are some things you would say? I know I'm ready to act. Is it it's really true that God is real, almighty, in control, present? Full of love. My friend. My friend. I'm confident. I'm ready to act if it's really true that Jesus is Savior of the world, healer, redeemer. He is um, one in whom I can put my confidence in, and so forth. And I'm ready to act if it's true that the Holy Spirit is my best friend. Now, I, I mentioned in here that we also can be share what Jesus is doing in our life. How is he changing my life? I think we want to talk about our faith in the present tense. Now we can share what happened, you know, at specific times in our life when Jesus intervened, when the power of sin, the power of a habit was broken. We can name the day we started our sobriety. That's something in the past. But today, I, Jesus is changing my life in some area. That's what is most fun to share. That way we can talk about uh, some, something that's present to us. And if you ever wonder why you're bored with somebody in their conversation, don't say this out loud to them, but um, often we're, the reason we're bored is people are not talking out of their hearts, which is the present tense. They're talking about how it was 30 years ago or whenever. And, and so it's a, it's a it's help. People are more interested in us when we live and tell people what's changing in the present tense. And, and then I, I mentioned about spontaneously do, obeying Jesus. Think about it. We can actually, without, with, we can just spontaneously bless a person who cuts us off on the interstate. And doesn't see the light change to green. And it's three seconds before they start. Three nanoseconds. And I can... <laughs> Get impatient, right? So oh, I just bless them. And in Laguna Woods, I look over and see if they're over 90. But um, <laughs> and they can't see the light. So <laughs> I've, I thought of selling bumper stickers where I live now in Laguna Woods. <laughs> Helen Keller is alive and driving in Laguna Woods. <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> now, part of telling my story is to ask questions. Because um, so, it's listening. I want to find out where the person is in their journey. And actually, I think that's my love language. There's, there should be six love languages. And mine is asking me questions about, deep questions about my life. Now, that comes under time. But I like deep conversations. So I like to play games like loaded questions and 
and ask people fun questions. But here's a question you could ask. Actually, Heike taught me this. She was here for a while, a really important part of our, our prayer ministry, and this is the question she would ask as a nurse in Fountain Valley. Where do you get your strength from? Where do you get your strength from? Great question, because that's an invitation for the person without having any pressure, you know, no one's asking them are they saved, and, but they can talk about, it's, a, it's an invitation for them to talk about their faith journey. And then this, uh, another question that I listed here is, Jesus your friend? Now, that one I'm just experimenting with. I tried it with my dental hygienist recently. And, uh, you know, how do you like those dental hygienists? They are these uh, dental people. They ask you questions, and you have your, you're supposed to talk with your, every, and you're, no, you know, anyway, you know what I'm saying. But, um, so I asked her, is Jesus your friend? And she talked for 20 minutes. It's quite interesting. Dallas Willard has people come up to him at the USC campus, because he's been there over 40 years, teaches philosophy, and, and they say, you know, I, I heard that you're a follower of Jesus. Why do you follow Jesus? <laughs> and he says, can you think of anyone better for me to follow? I, thought, I, th I think I've shared that with you before. I just love that. I'm a follower of Jesus. I can proudly say that. I'd rather actually say that than I'm a Christian today. Just um, because that word, like we've seen in Norway, has <laughs> meanings that, that are not helpful. But our faith story comes out of our relationship with the Trinity. We are Trinitarian people. So you could, you could journal your faith walk with the Lord by just identifying when did you first meet Jesus? When did he become your savior? Well, maybe it's a process, but when did you say, yes, I want you in my life? And that also you could say, when did I decide to follow him and be a disciple? Then you could say, when did you meet Holy Spirit? Well, I met Holy Spirit on an Alpha weekend. Whoa, and that's one of the reasons we do Alpha, is to introduce people not only to Jesus, but to Holy Spirit. When did you meet Father, or the love of God? How did you get to know his love? And so we have a story to tell based on our relationship to the Trinity. Now I list some reasons here why, or, or, or what helps us, or what's our reason that we tell our story. If we're gonna lead someone to Jesus, we need some tools, I think, to help us tell that story that in a way that will be an ex experiment of love. But see, there's an adventure in telling your story in a way, not that you're going to fix that person, not that you're going to change them, but that you're going to have a conversation about something that's really important to you. Some, some things in your life that are just valuable. And we can have conversations all day long and not talk about the most important thing in our life, Jesus. So hopefully this will help you. So we, when, when we do this, especially uh, when we hear others tell their story, and I hear you tell your story, I fall in love with Jesus all over. <laughs> it's true. When, when Billy Graham has an altar call and we get to all pray the sinner's prayer, it's like I get to fall in love with Jesus again. Anybody feel that way when you've done it? You listen to you? Yeah. And then you stir my heart with faith when you express your confidence in Jesus. And that really helps me. Now, I like having testimonies and when we meet together and 
I didn't t take time to find a person to do a testimony this morning, but I did have one on video to show you, just as an illustration of, an, of a testimony. And just pretend like you're learning now, you're in the classroom, and you're, by watching this video, you're going to identify some things in this story that will help you in telling your story. First of all, listen to what Michael W. Smith says is his call in life. What's his destiny? What's his life message? There are a couple things. Then, then when you tell your story, you can have an outline to it. What was your life like before you became Jesus' disciple or followed him? What, what happened? And then how it, what happened to bring you to Jesus? And then how is it changing your life today? So let's watch this video by uh, Michael W. Smith. There's so many things I love about my life, and music is one of those. It's what I do as a job. I don't wake up every day and think, man, I've, I've got a musical career, and I'm going to go make a record today. But I just as much enjoy just loving on people. I love when I get into a youth group, and I love finding the underdog. I love finding the kid in the corner that you know is the outcast, and I love going up to that kid and put my arm around that kid. I could do stuff like that for the rest of my life and not sing another song. Grew up playing drums, wrote my first song when I was five years old. Was able to hear a pop song and be able to play it. And I uh, was in the choir and then a little Baptist church and my heart was really after the Lord. All I wanted to do was just pick up a guitar and sing praise songs. God had a call in my life. Uh, and music was supposed to be a part of that. For some reason, it was contagious to me. It was just it made me light up. It was a beautiful time of my life. It sort of anchored me. I felt like I was riding a wave that really was something very, very pure, and that really penetrated into my heart. This is just what I'm supposed to do with my life. Well, when I got to 17, all my older friends went off to college and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee to be a songwriter. I was playing in after-hours bars from 1.30 to 5.30, just in a bunch of trouble. And I began to be enticed that maybe you could play with a fire, you won't get burned. Little did I know that um, I would be in the biggest pit of my life and feeling like there was no way of escape. Smoking that first joint and feeling so guilty about it. From there it went to, you know, it was cocaine, it was LSD. And I'm just in the thick of it, man. I'm just doing this stuff and I'm, I'm, I got sucked into this thing. For some reason I justified it. You lose perspective. It's almost like your your compass sort of just like disappears and you enter this whole other world and you don't really realize it's going down and then all of a sudden it's too late. You know, I'd flashback to those times when I was 15 going, just really hearing the voice of God going, I've got a call on your life. I knew where I belonged. I just couldn't get out of the mess that I was in. And um, I was very depressed. That went on for three years until I had near-death experience and 
snorting something that you thought was cocaine or something else and thought I was going to die. Literally, literally thought I'm dying. And that's when I began to pray that God would do whatever he had to do to get my attention. I need to be rescued. Everything began to change. And in November 79, I got rescued at 12.30 at night on the linoleum floor of my kitchen uh, right outside of Nashville. I went on the floor and just began to shake. And uh, I was crawled up like a baby, you know. And I was just weeping, I was weeping. And I wept and I wept and I cried and I cried. And I just began to cry out for God, the God of the universe came and wept with me on that floor and I haven't been the same since. It all changed. I made up my mind that I would hold myself accountable, I would surround myself with great people. You know, one thing led to another. Eight months later, I got my first songwriting contract. I was getting paid 200 bucks a week to write songs. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. And then all of a sudden, I found myself getting a record deal. And I'm in the studio 14 hours a day, and I'm writing songs. And, you know, all of a sudden, I'm opening up for Amy Grant, and I'm doing my own tours. And, and then all of a sudden, you find yourself filling arenas. Never could have orchestrated any of this. And so been pretty remarkable. God's faithful. I know now what the real deal is, and I know now that selling millions of records doesn't bring you peace, and I know where my hope lies. It's not being a rock star. All that stuff dissipates, but it never lasts. It doesn't last. The greatest peace that I have is I know who I am. I'm a son of the high king of the universe. My identity crisis is solved. I am Michael W. Smith, and I am second. <laughs> yeah, you can clap. Yeah, thank you. I <clears throat> recently was in, as I shared last week, uh, in Scandinavia at... Um, teaching on healing and the Father's love and forgiveness and praying for people. At a conference in Fredrikstad, Norway, the, very close to Sweden, and um, there I shared my life message. You know, that's, you know, he talked about his call in his life. That's our, part of it's our life message, our destiny. My life is much more than there, but than this, but it was my life message as a father. We have a father who says, I love you, He's come in Jesus to embrace us with a God's love and given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to follow Jesus, among other things. I had the opportunity uh, to be interviewed on Norwegian television. <laughs> and um, I thought, man, I'll never be on TV in the U.S., but here I am in Norway. And the guy that interviewed me uh, just translated as we went along. And I had a chance to talk to him beforehand. And, and so I said, would it be okay if I prayed for people? 
uh, at the end of the interview. Oh yeah, it was be great. So I prayed for the sons and daughters of Norway. Especially those who never had a daddy say I love you and hold them. And the daughters who never said, had a dad say you've got what it takes girl to do what I've called you to do. And especially when that daughter became a teenager and the father said, whoa, look at my daughter. What a beautiful woman she is. And we knew that delight and pride of our fathers as daughters. So I prayed for the sons and daughters of Norway to be embraced by Jesus and the Father's love. And the presence of God was strong. And part of the highlight for me after that was there were three gals that were part of the the televising crew, and they were all, I, I could see the Spirit of God was touching something that they longed for in their life. Most Norwegian fathers never say I love you to their kids. I'm so glad that we've learned to do that. But, and to hold, hold them and, <clears throat> and be held by their children, and especially the daughters, to not withdraw from them when they become teenagers. So, as we talk about our faith story, it's partly sharing what call of God has on our life and the dreams that God has for us. And I pray that God continues to refresh that dream for you, that he keeps dreaming and calling you. And our first call, we know, all of us, is to follow Jesus. And if you're married, I think that's our second call, to, be, to love our bride, our, our husbands, and then a call to, to love and serve. And there's so many ways I'm learning how to love. Just recently I've been experimenting with dealing with anger by serving the person I'm angry with. That really works to help dissipate anger. How could I serve this person? So loving and learning is, is a process. And when we proclaim the God in whom we believe, we magnify the Lord is in the backside of your notes. And, and we, along with Jesus, proclaim the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is available. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Along with Jesus suffered for our sins so we don't have to suffer for them when we die. We are, we are obedient. And then I listed to, to the word of God when we share our story. And then I listed some questions that can help you identify and I, uh, your, the, the important parts of your faith journey and and encourage you to write out answers to these questions. And then just one more thing um, from your notes. Um, the heroes in your life, who are the heroes of the faith for you? Who are your mentors? Who are you learning from today? See, in order to learn to be like Jesus, we wanna spend time with people who can model this for us. Who's a little bit ahead of us? Who's something, who's, who's a person you can say, well, they're, they've got something in their life that is where I want to grow because there's a hundred things you can do to obey the Bible. But where is the Spirit of God saying, work on this now in your life? Now, who's a mentor for you? Who are you spending time with to, in order to learn from them how they do it? And as a hero of the faith for you. And, um, and the, I'm so glad that even we've been learning from Norway, the, uh, the people of Norway, as you watch these videos, that they have not responded in hatred and contempt and, and uh, speaking with contempt about the, this boy, really was a boy, that killed these teenagers. 
And um, the people of Norway need Jesus because they know they, they have some strong morality about justice. But these children of Norway, these sons and daughters, still are, are, are a country of unbelief. 5% of the people go to church. And so Scandinavia needs Jesus. So your prayers for this nation are real important. And they could be a time they could really say, I want Jesus. Because the reality is, if all of us could say our destiny in life is this. Our identity in life. Who am I? I'm a disciple of Jesus. But here's something that's very important to know. I am an unending spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. So I, the person I am today, that kind of person will continue on for eternity. So I, before, actually I want to go to heaven before I die. Because I want to become the kind of person that will be at home in heaven with Jesus. Because I'm that kind of person that has learned to spontaneously uh, do things that he did. And I want to arrange my life around the things that Jesus practiced. Like solitude, prayer, worship, meditation, memorizing scripture, serving the poor. All those things are spiritual disciplines. So I want to pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for each person here. As I look out at their faces, I see Jesus' love. and see your faces that say, I want to learn. I want to, I want to be like Jesus. And I see faith in your heart that says, I want what Jesus wants for my life. I want to grow in confidence in Jesus. So, Lord, I pray for an increase in our hearts of confidence in you and excitement of this adventure. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you come and give us creative ways of sharing Jesus with others, listening hearts to see what their needs are. And, um, and then the courage to obey, Lord, your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.